0: Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Author Talk with me, Amy Russell and Valerie. And our guests will probably pop on Nazandi, Ace Antonio Hall. I'm hoping he'll pop on to tell me how to pronounce his name right. Hold on. Um Amy here.
1: Okay.
0: I know I'm muted. I'm sorry. Okay. So do there's more this we lost
2: do you. We lost you.
0: Okay. Here's what happened. One, there was an echo on my end, which bothers me, but that's because there's this new thing out on StreamYard. I'm going to dive into it. Russell wanted me to dive into it later. I'm going to do it now because this totally just happened. So here's a funny thing to kick off, right? So, StreamYard now lets you stream live to Instagram. You don't have to go through Yellow Duck to Scream to Instagram through StreamYard anymore. Well, I just realized that this morning it just popped up on my stream yard, which is what I was currently doing, and I have to hit go live over there and stream it on my computer. Hopefully, it didn't end over there, but it started uh, playing and talking, and I don't oh. like that. So then I had to cancel that and mute myself because I panicked. So we all panic sometimes. So what's okay? the current
1: status? Are we currently on yes. over there, too? Hey, hey there's our
0: guest.
3: Hello. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good
0: morning. Russell, our current status is I'm scared to look. But the last time I checked, we are over on Instagram the last time I checked. But I'm scared to go and look because of, you know, it talks. And I don't know if anybody else can handle this. I don't like listening to myself. I listen to myself on my recordings because my husband wants to hear it. And then I just sit there and laugh at myself the whole time. It's not enjoyable for me. So I definitely don't want to listen to myself live. Okay, so I'm not going to pop over there to make sure. We're just going to trust the process. But as far as weekends, which is generally how we kick off the show, everyone in my house is starting to get better, which is fabulous, including my.
1: Self. You need to get a housekeeper or something. Maybe they won't. If you your house a little bit better, you wouldn't have. Okay, all now the
0: time. that is such gross. a bad thing to say, and that's so rude, but we're just going to grow gross. because it's Russell. But, anyways, okay zondi my children have had strep a lot this year which is why oh. russell is making fun of me i mean she, she needs to
1: like wash the tub or something i
0: don't know <laughs> Just any maybe you can just go into covid
1: lot. mode Cl- clorox
2: everything clorox everything when you say a lot what do you mean by a lot how many times my
0: oldest ahead? has had it seven times and my youngest ah. has had it five times me and my husband have only had it twice now here in my defense my kids were going to like a daycare and early preschool oh yeah it's total daycare time. so the general time that she had it was at that place when she got this recently i had gone and visited my family so i don't know how and that that's happened.
1: worse than daycare your family <laughs> i mean she has like 50 cousins
3: it's gross yes yes oh. so how are they getting through it they must oh
0: Yeah, so we're on medication a lot in my household, but I have an ENT appointment at the beginning of the year for my oldest, because she's probably going to have to get her tonsils removed. But we're going through all of our cycle of amoxicillin and augmentin, so I was on (laughs) it as a (laughs) pre-requestion. I'm the only one that did not fully get sick this time. I just got a sinus infection instead, which was really nice, actually. Um, But I got to spend the weekend wrapping and kind of getting ahead and caught up on that, because we will be leaving this week to go visit family before Christmas. So I had to have everything wrapped. did all my last minute shopping. And
2: where are you leaving to Amy? Where are you leaving to?
0: Oh, so we're going to go visit uh, mine and Josh's family, which is back in San Antonio. So it's not oh, okay. that far right. But the cool thing is, so my kids are in this enrollment thing uh, at AM university and it's, that's a terrible. Program. I know. I know Russell, <laughs> me and you too. Okay. We're both UT people. I know. Um, but it's called, it's a hippie program, and these nurses come, like, to the house, and they have different lesson plans, and they kind of give me some ideas to, like, teach with the kids to get them ready for kindergarten and stuff, and they kind of hold me accountable, which is what I really need. But Did the doctor report
1: this to you because they keep giving strapped? Is this some kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Painting? Painting.
0: Painting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, this year was really cool so they actually gave each one of my girls a tony box with a bunch of little tonys and a carrying case and headphones and everything so i'm going to make sure those are all charged up and ready to go on the trip with all their little um characters and stuff so if you don't know what a tony a tony box is is they have little characters and creatives and all these kinds of fancy things and they have princesses and uh stitch and all this disney ones but they'll play they'll read them the book they'll sing them the songs um they also have other ones that'll sing like nursery rhymes and those kinds of things and they have a meditation one for night and it's kind of cool it's just like this small little speaker box that's just for them and they can switch out the characters and it's all magnetized so they can't come off or anything like that so it's actually pretty interesting and cool i find it fascinating. I wish I had one of these when I was a kid. That sounds so, amazing. Yeah, so they're having a lot of fun with those and getting all, so they're going to get a bunch of those characters and stuff for Christmas, so I had to last minute order those. But, that was my weekend in a nutshell, so who wants to talk about their weekend next before
1: we dive into
0: our lovely author interview? Russell, do you want to go?
1: Sure, I'll go next though. I think I guess you go next, but I'll go. Okay. You go. So, I had I went to the Mayor of Atlantis Mask Ball this weekend. Yeah. And uh, Danny Glover was there and we got our picture made with him, which was very cool. He was very chill. Okay, here's the funny story about this picture. Okay. So we're standing there talking to them and uh one of the other people in the group says, I'll take a picture of you. I'll take a picture of you. So she took this great picture of us. There was... The funny part is Danny Glover's date is on the other side of him and the two girls cut him out of the picture when they oh. did it because uh, her dress was so open Ooh. that uh, they couldn't bear it. I told them I thought her dress looked really good, but they really, <laughs> they really it just made my wife growl at me. <laughs> but her dress was it was it was a very attractive dress but they cut her out of the picture with the, you know with their little edits on the phone what? but i i tell you the original picture was a better picture
0: i will trust your judgment i will i will trust you. that's really cool though because when you sent that to everyone in the author talk group uh sandy and valerie and me it was cool because I instantly recognized him from Lethal Weapon cuz I grew up on those movies and Die Hard, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, Lethal Weapon, I know this person. So, I don't know. It was it was like an aha uh-huh moment. I was so mm-hmm. excited when he sent that photo. So, it's cool that you got to meet him. That's a good weekend. Yeah, yeah
1: it was very cool. And they raised like 5 million dollars for the Oh my gosh.
0: It was what nice. is it the
1: National Negro Scholarship Program. It's for black college students. Nice. Uh, to pay their way through college, and they raised five million bucks. That's nice. amazing, amazing. So pretty cool.
0: that's incredible. Yeah, amazing. All right, weekends. Who wants to go? I like this popcorn
1: round. I'm just, gonna you know, the author, yeah, name. yeah. yeah. Uh, our guest. How do you pronounce uh, your
3: name? Uh, in as in a letter, Zondi. right? Zondi, Zondi, in Zondi. And no, it's just N, like just say the, the letter N. Zombie. Oh the Yeah, like you like like if the E was in front of it. E-N-Z-O-N-D I N zombie. Okay. In in Z- Zondi. In Zondi.
1: Gotcha.
0: I was
1: like think in Z- I think N should go for next. Yes, because he's smiling absolutely. in a way to divert us from him. So he needs <laughs> to go next. Yes.
3: Uh you know, my weekend was uh, I mean it was, you know, it was productive always productive Uh, I got a lot of writing done um I did some clips you know nowadays on Instagram when you do songs I I I released a, a few uh rock songs over the past year and I did about 19 different clips for Instagram so and the best clip I lost I was standing on top of this this giant tree trunk about to fall off it's about at least 10 feet high and I lost that clip but we got some other good clips and uh, so that was fun. And, but one of the, the things that I that is kind of really funny to me is that happened this weekend is I sent some thank you cards to my cousins who helped me out a lot for my aunt's funeral. My aunt, we call her auntie. Everyone knows her as auntie. And she passed away in 98 about a month ago. It took me that long to get the cards out. And my cousins four of my cousins were really, they helped me out a lot, you know, cause I paid for the funeral and took care of a lot of the, the service and they helped me out a lot tremendously, but there were tons and tons of other people, my, my aunt's church and whatnot. So my, my sister who lives there, was in Jacksonville, Florida, um, who lived there, or was there most of the time was responsible for all the other guests. So every week I asked her, did you send out the thank you cards? Did you send out the thank you cards? And she would say, well, um, we're working on it. And my, my girlfriend will be like, what does that mean, we're working on it? Either you yes. Think, uh, Thank yes. you. Your, your girlfriend is tough and right. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, they didn't do anything yet. So what I said all of this to, to say that during the funeral, uh, during that time I was there, I was there for five days in Jacksonville, Florida. It was the first time in my adult life that I was able to speak to some of my other aunts and cousins that I hadn't seen since I was a kid. So I didn't have conversations with them when I was a child. I didn't want to have, you know, you're a kid. You don't have adult conversations. You run around and play while they're talking. And I had these really in-depth conversations and it was the most amazing time because I really got to know them as an adult. My Auntie Shirley cooked the most amazing uh, sweet potato pie. I had about, I used to get like one slice I had, like, f- almost a whole pie. I had, like, five slices. Um, it was amazing. But the thing that really got me, I laughed so hard, was one of my other aunts. Her name is Shirley, too. We call her Auntie Shirley Kemp. I love you, Auntie Shirley Kemp. Very, very sophisticated, very classy. Drives the top of the line Mercedes. You know, always dressed really nice, beautifully. You know, just very classy. She came in the house, and she had this little tiny like it was like a little case about that big a little plastic case and she was holding it like this and we were like what is what are you doing what is that and she had her mercedes key fob in the in the little thing she said oh this is a purse it was the tiniest purse that i would ever seen in my life and one of the reasons why i'm bringing this up is i just saw a skit on saturday night live about the tiny purse. <laughs> they did it last week about the tiny purse. And it was this very, very tiny, tiny, tiny purse that was uh, plastic that could only hold, like, you know, on, on Saturday Night Live, it, they said, like, it can only hold a thumb. You know, it was like, it, it could only hold like one little thing, like a walnut. And she walked around the whole place holding her little thing, and we thought that was the funny thing. And it was to show you that experience plus... Exposure equals appreciation. We had never been experienced to that, and now I know that that's a thing. That's a fashion thing. So, Amy, Valerie, do you have tiny purses that you walk around in with when you go to nice events? Yeah. I, I
2: have I have clutches or things, but not that small. No, I first of all I need usually have to carry glasses, and I have lipstick, and I have. Just you know all this stuff. No, I need more stuff. I I need more stuff.
0: I would lose it. Like honestly, I would lose yeah. it. Yeah. If I you know like if I just had it in my hand or like if I put it down to like grab a drink or something, I would forget and I'd be like, oh, what is this? This is cute. You know? Yeah. No, I would I would totally lose it. Like I I don't trust myself with one of those. You, yeah. you know. Like-
3: hold it like a teacup. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't do that.
2: I I don't. And I feel like I'm always, like, juggling things anyway. That'd be, like, one more thing to juggle. It just, no more. No, I can't do it. They're
0: gorgeous, though. Like, I've seen them, and they are, like, gorgeous. Yes. Yes. But I don't trust myself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. you should get someone in your family a, you know, a a tiny. Okay. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Uh, that, that you suggest
1: that. So I before we came on the air, I was asking Amy and Valerie, where do I go get some costume jewelry for my wife? Because she wants a little costume jewelry. So I'm going to go over to Macy's after the show Good. and look and see if they have some costume jewelry. And while I'm there, <laughs> I'm going over to the purse department and if they have... One that is so impractical that it's unuseful, but in style. I'm going to buy that for a Christmas present. Yes, Because my wife's going to, my wife is a real aggressive, uh, she's a real aggressive woman. And and when she opens that, I'm going to say, see, that's totally in fashion. She's going to look at me like I lost my mind, which will (laughs) be fun. So I'm going to actually look for one
2: I want to say I think I've seen them and they almost look like a keychain or something. Like, it yes. looks like it could be like a keychain-ish. Yeah.
0: That,
3: yeah, like a like a uh what do you call it that you hang around your neck? Like uh mm-hmm. yeah. like
0: a lanyard?
3: Yeah, yeah like yeah. a lanyard. Yeah. Like, oh
0: wow. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: They look that's yes, why like, no, I would lose it. Like they look like, you know, you've seen the lanyards that you put your, you know, the name tag in the little plastic. Yes. Are they people have the phones in there too? Yeah, they look like the plastic piece, but just mm-hmm. kind of hold it out a little bit in three dimension. It's, I don't know, it's just
0: see, I would lose it like I would lose it, and then I would go frantic because I lost it and I thought I could trust myself. I just don't trust myself. Like, I'm panicking you. now thinking about it. I'm like, man, if I got one, what, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm panicking now thinking about thinking
3: of that, but <laughs> only it, it seems like you only wear it at like one of those events where you only have like a, a clutch so that's yeah. what, mm-hmm. you know nice dress on and then you have your little tiny purse you can probably slip your purse in you can slip it anywhere probably it's so tiny
2: but it would be bad if you, if you couldn't put your valet if you had val some of these events you have to valet and then you'd be like where do i put the valet ticket you'd be like crumbling it up and <laughs> like, shoving it in
3: there oh my god no. The tiny purse yeah. <laughs>
2: tiny purse ah.
0: that's hilarious
3: it.
2: Valerie, what did you do this weekend? Oh, my gosh, it was jam packed. Um, what did we do? So, yeah, we went to I had a market on Saturday where I got to meet the Grinch and just uh, just a lot of a lot of good stuff to, going out there. But Yesterday was a really great day. Of, it was our big cousin Christmas, so here we are talking about all these different things. Half the cousins weren't there because they were sick. Amy, can you believe it? See, <laughs> so, it's
0: not just me, Russell. They not must have sure his.
1: Valerie, their house must be as dirty as is <laughs> <as, as> Amy's.
2: <laughs> well, it, it was all the, cousins, the little cousins, cousins. right Maybe now. Maybe they need house just,
1: cleaners too. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it was. But, Amy, but, but, have you thought about real having real your cousins.
1: mom come visit and like give you some Russell, help? About I can't what you with you, doing? you right
2: now.
0: Like. I just can't with you right now. Like I And just- then we wrapped <laughs> up
2: with um, our, our annual tradition of uh, gingerbread, co- family gingerbread de- night. So we had nice. cousins eating all day, drinking all day, and then the gingerbread things.
3: Tell me a little bit more about gingerbread night. Like- okay. So
2: we have been doing this for years and, and all of our family, we divide up. It's, it's just our um, immediate family. So, cause I have four kids, so, but all their significant others and everything, and we all like break up in teams, girls against guys, girls against this, or, you know, couples and couples and couples. And we all just like build the craziest, Gingerbread houses. um Of course, the kids go off the rails. You know, <laughs> like, uh, one year it was like a strip club gingerbread house with a little marshmallow person on a. That is inventive. Like it, it, inventive. It has, I like it. Know, okay, they're all in their twenties or whatever, and or younger uh, even, and so they're like, "Yeah, let's make this." Somebody did a Shrek house last night, and just. Um, they, cause they come with all these just random supplies and then we pull out everything in the pantry. We have pretzels and food coloring and, and marshmallows and just whatever. It's, I it's, it. it's hilarious. And then the final part is on New Year's, um, eat on New Year's Eve or about that time. We blow them up. Wow, <laughs> That took a with turn. That. Like that took with a turn that. there. <laughs> It's, it's, it's hilarious. Cause you put the little crackers, the big, like, you know, things inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I love it. This
0: is such a fun thing. I never it's would have It's just a quirky,
2: a quirky tradition that we all love to do. But, I but you know, it. we've had, we've had just the whole gamut of um, one of the uh, gingerbread houses this week was the meat market from the Sopranos. Cause somebody was watching the Sopranos. So.
0: Nice. I, I love cool. it. That's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Russell, it's your turn to shine.
1: Okay. Well, I need. we need to thank those people listening to us on the podcast. Uh, we are top 10 in the nation for independent book podcast, and we very much appreciate our listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, most people don't watch us on Monday morning when we're live. They listen to us on the podcast channel during the week while they're driving working, uh, working out, whatever, and we want to thank them very much for listening to us. Uh, Amy has fixed it where it's very easy to find us on the podcast channels. Even I found us once Amy changed everything so it was easier to discover us. Amy, where are we?
0: Yeah, so you can find us anywhere that you can look for a podcast, you guys. Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, Good Pods, many other places that I know I'm not mentioning. But you can always come on over and watch us live and watch our videos because I control what comes out of my mouth, but not my facial expressions by any means. And I am very animated and talk a lot with my hands. So if you want a good laugh and then join in on the conversation, you're more than welcome to go over to any one of our social media platforms, our YouTube channel, Or our Facebook group to kind of catch us, to join in the conversation, laugh with us or at us. We can all handle it because we all laugh at ourselves all the time. All the time, all the time. You're more than welcome to do any of that, but- before we kick it over to Nzondi, we are we did wrap up the 12 days of page turners. Mm-hmm. What was that? Last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And it was a fun ride. So many amazing authors joined us again this year with amazing holiday specials that are still going on. So make sure that you check it out and tune into it. But one of the funniest stories happened actually on the 12th day so i decided to go into all of the nights before because it stream automatically records and i broke everybody's session up to just the segment of what they were talking about their holiday promotion so i pulled an all-nighter and made this happen and i was exhausted And the file was so damn big, it wouldn't fit in StreamYard. So it didn't go out until later in the day. I had to figure out how to compress it. And so I was uh, extremely stressed that day out of all of the 12 days. I was extremely stressed that day to make it happen. And then my husband comes home from work and he's like, oh, you just need to do this. And... I literally walked away from my computer when it went live. Because I'm I sure
1: was, you were very sweet days. to him the rest of the night. Not. No, <laughs> no, I was like,
0: we <laughs> <laughs> were just death this the whole time. It was a whole thing. But that when, that is the funniest mm-hmm. moment that did happen. Besides all of my other tech issues, you guys know that one day uh, I had a pre-recorded with someone that couldn't make it, and I came back and I was still muted, which is ironic because that never happens to me and then it happened today, and then this recording. So it was just a fun, interesting 12 days. I'm excited about it. I've met so many amazing authors, and I have so many new amazing books to read. I'm a pretty avid reader, if you didn't know that. So I generally go through about three or four books a week. But it was exciting. I will post the replay of everyone's promotion again today because the file now is not too big, so I can do that. So it's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure that you check it out. But with all that being said, Valerie, let's get Nzondi talking about his book and his music.
2: Okay, I am so excited. Um, let me see. I'm trying to understand. So, you have a new book or just the new book that won the award? Uh,
3: so actually the book that won the award has been relaunched on a new uh with a new publisher, gotcha. Cross Press. we mm-hmm. We're doing a lot with it's like just redoing the circuit with that book. So, yeah, that's the one that won the Brown Stoker, but I actually have a book that came out after that. Um, But, yeah, let's talk about Oari Mosaic. Uh, It's still, you know, I'm still getting great reviews from it, and uh, I'm just really excited about being with Crossroad Crossroad Press in the relaunching of the book.
2: That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about it, please?
3: Yeah. So, I always wanted back in the day, maybe about three years ago in further back, you know, I always wanted to be an actor. Um, I don't anymore, but I always wanted to be an actor. And um, I always wanted to be uh, Quincy from Quincy medical Examine. I wanted to be Jack Klugman.
2: Oh, that was That's a good show. I
3: love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how impassioned, how, impassion- how you know, he was so passionate about the cases and he would yell at his boss, and whoever was, you know, he would just he was just so passionate about it. And how he would just always do whatever it took to find out, you know, who, you know, murdered who. And so I wanted to do a book like that. And so Awari Mosaic, I took that premise of a medical examiner who was a detective, um, a forensic investigator. And I put it in the future, and I also put it in a post-apocalyptic world, Ooh. and I also dabbed in a little bit of horror, of course, fantasy, and um, I basically took a seventeen-year-old girl who learned how to be a forensic pathologist or pathologist through the—I don't call it the uh, the uh, the uh, what do you call it—the uh, the internet. I call it the neuralverse because they do a lot of stuff with uh, neural implants. So they can go to school in their minds. They can, you know, learn and make phone calls in their minds. You know, it's kind of like they—it's almost like texting. They text and everything with their minds. And I explain technology well. This girl was playing a game, and it wasn't online. It was in her mind. It, all, it was connected through through the brain with other players. And one of the players you play with, and they always use avatars, you know, they play this game where they can solve real-life cold cases for the police. It teaches you all of the different facets of whatever you're interested in. So if you're a cop, it teaches you those facets, how to be an investigator. If you're forensics, you know, it teaches you all about how to do autopsies and all that kind of stuff. And so one my main character, she learns how to be you know, a pathologist, how to do autopsies, etc. But she's also interested in solving cases. So they solve these cases for police online or in their mind, in the neuroverse And what happens is, in real life, she comes home from a party, late night, and she it's raining and she hits something and she stops the car, she's driving her brother's car and she gets out and she sees that there's a, a dead girl underneath her tire. So she thinks she killed the dead girl. Mm-hmm. And doesn't know what to do. She's panicking. She calls her brother, who's a cop. Her brother comes and since so, since she's like such a great, you know, great young lady. She's young and has a great future ahead of her. He covers it up for her. He covers up the the murder and gets rid of the body. He mm-hmm. calls his other police friend and they cut co- and they get rid of the body. So next day she's just trying to relax and she always the way that she relaxes she goes into the neuroverse, which is like the metaverse. She goes into the neuroverse and she's playing the game. And Lo and behold, the kid that she just killed is now a cold case, which doesn't make sense. How is it a cold case? How is it, you know, that doesn't even follow the definition of the word cold case, but it's the case is there, and her partner in the game and her are supposed to solve the case. So she's feeling, she's panicking, she's, you know, feeling guilty. She feels like she's the one that murdered the girl. She doesn't know what's happening, and she gets involved with trying to solve the case of who killed it in the game. In real life, She looks out the window and there's some activity going on with her neighbors. Comes to find out in her not in real life, her next door neighbor, um, the little girl over there got killed and it's the same girl that she ran over. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so there's a cop that that the daughter that lives there that's never there, she doesn't live there, comes over and knocks on her door. And she doesn't know who the person is. She doesn't really see the girl that much. It's a young girl as well, you know. Very, you know, a cop. And it comes to find out that that cop is her in-game partner because she's never seen her in real life. She's only seen the avatar. And the avatar that her partner uses is this old, you know, this old pot-belly cop, you know, white cop, and she's a black girl. But in the in the game, old white pot-belly cop. So. And- they investigate the murder. And so that's, you know, that's pretty much a lot of twists and turns to find out what happened with a little bit of horror and a little bit of fantasy. So um I've gotten a lot of, you know, great, great response from it. So I'm very excited about the book.
2: That is an incredible storyline. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of how how long, I mean, plotting this out. Just were you just like, wait, I need to build this up. I need to build this up. I need to do this. How are you, you you know, plotting that storyline to make your characters come to life? So because you had to probably do the one one setting here, the one setting there, just and then melding them together. That's very complicated. I know yeah. it is. Just um, tell us your your process of building that, you know, as the
3: story. You know, you know, like how Amy reads four books a week. You know, I went through a period of time where I read just about that much and yes. read And I've just gone through a ton, a ton of different old school Rockford Files, old school Sherlock Holmes, Mm -hmm. just over the years. I've watched so much. And I think just like how Valerie, how you and Amy and Russell, how, you know, reading and the exposure of reading and getting into these worlds just becomes a part of your experiences. And then that comes out and influences you in your writing. I think that's the same thing. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. I read so much and, and, and watch so much of these types of stories Mm-hmm. that it just the story tells itself. I'm driving. I'm like, "Oh my god, I didn't know you're the one that killed her." You know, all that stuff happens.
2: <laughs> I love plot twists like that because especially as a reader, you know, you're you 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 get to that point and you're like, you get almost to the very end and you're like, "Hold on. Wait a minute. This author is brilliant. I love that they <laughs> put, they put the thought process into this into play to make this happen. It it, it takes a lot on your part to build that suspense. Yeah, and um, and that's why you're an award winner, of course. <laughs> so, and congratulations on that. Uh, how did that make you feel? You know, being honored for this, you
3: know. I mean, work? it's still a shock. It's been years now, and it's still a shock. I'm, it's disbelief. Um, I just, first of all, I've, don't, I don't think I've ever won anything. You know, besides like when I was in fifth grade, winning a, a you know, racing wow. and you know, or something like that. You so know. I've never really won anything. Uh-huh. So that in itself was amazing. Um, it was weird because it was during the COVID time. So we had to do all of the, the acceptance speeches ahead of time and pre-record them. That was weird because you didn't know, like, do am I do I act excited? Because you didn't know if you won yet. You're just doing an acceptance speech. Like, do I act excited? Do I act cool? You know, so that was kind of weird. But I can't tell you how appreciative I am of the Horror Writers Association and all of the judges at StokerCon for just, you know, just putting me on this platform and allowing, you know, and appreciating my work. It's, it's just the most amazing, most spectacular thing that has ever happened to me. And I really got to give props to everyone who was involved that helped me along the way. Cause I, you know, I couldn't have done it by myself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just amazing. You know, it was just um,
2: And I know you told us about your um, inspiration, but can you tell us when you knew you wanted to be a writer?
3: You know, uh, so there were, there, 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 were, there were times in my life where I've always written since a little kid. I, you know, by the way, I got to see this new Godzilla movie that's coming out. And I'm saying that because I used to draw Godzilla, Godzilla comic books. Mm -hmm. I heard this, the movies minus one is is phenomenal, but you know, I've always drawn Godzilla comics and little stories and and told stories, Godzilla versus King Kong. I've, I've done that forever. Um, But when I really seriously wanted to be a writer, uh, I first started out, just these thoughts came and I was writing these, I was self-publishing these, these, this philosophy and these poems and stuff like that. That's kind of like how my writing started back in 2000 when I was teaching, I was teaching in New York. And uh, when I became a um, a, uh, a director of education for the Sylvan Learning Center, and I've been doing that for about two years, one of my really close friends, who's a singer, with a group called Loose Ends, it was a British rock, a British, uh British soul group that was popular in the 90s. She told me, you know, you need to follow your heart. I can tell that there's this hole in your heart. And I really wanted to write. So that was 2008. I stopped and quit my job, my nearly 6 job, mm-hmm. and started learning how to write. First thing I went, first event I went to was the West Hollywood Book Fair. I went there, I met a few different people there. I met Tony Tadaro, Tony and Tadaro, rest in peace. He just passed away this past week. And his organization, the Greater Los Angeles Writers Society, was instrumental in exposing me and teaching me all the facets of learning. So that was 2008. And I started writing in 2008, reading, writing. I wrote about 100,000 words. So I just, in 2008, that was when I decided I want to learn, learn. And I was an English teacher. But I, being an English teacher and learning how to write novels is, it's like two different worlds. Exactly. Yes. And so in 2008 was when I said I wanted to learn how to be a writer Mm -hmm. and it took that long for me to, you know, to get it together and uh, novels and some books, some good books.
2: It's a lot to build up just even that practice of writing and knowing how, what direction you want to go. and all of those things and Russell actually he has he has several books and he can relate as well.
3: Yeah, Russell, Russell when did you know you wanted to be a writer?
1: Uh, in the first grade <laughs> when my teacher, called my parents in for a parents meeting. And uh, I had told my teacher several stories that made her panic about what was going on at home. (laughs) And when my mom and dad assured her none of those things were true, she said, you should not punish him because someday he may be a writer or an attorney. And I actually, had turned into both.
2: <laughs> now he's both, yes. I love
1: it. And very successful at both. I love it. That's excellent. That's- so mm-hmm. uh, I started storytelling way too early.
2: <laughs> it's never too early. It's never too early. I actually, uh, this weekend when I was telling you I was at a market, these kids came up to me and they're like, I think I want to be a writer. And, you know, I write all this stuff. I was like, well, then do it. Don't you know, even if you just do it in little bits, it makes a difference in your, you know, your outlook as a writer. Cause I mean, that's, that's why I started with poetry when I was younger and just all these little things. And, and it evolves in your mind. And like you said, uh, you wanted to just keep pursuing it and look what it turned
3: into. Yeah. So do you ever get the people like close friends that, that see what you do, but don't really actually know how difficult it is and Nobody knows how difficult it is oh, like I want to write a book hey, you could write you could write the book for me and you're like,
1: no, your no. answer is no no i can can I ask a question Valerie of
2: course, please
1: do i I'm apparently you're a musician too, but you haven't told us uh, about your music. Mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit about your music? I would
3: love to know absolutely Who? oh are you mean me? Yes. <laughs> oh I, I, I thought you were talking about Valerie. I'm like, Valerie, No, I don't know. Val- Valerie has you know.
1: no music. No, I <laughs> have no music.
3: <laughs> I was like, what what music do you do about <laughs> Great. Yeah. So uh I've always loved music. My father um pinned three jazz classics. He was a uh, he was the artist by any other name. I mean he was an artist. I mean he was a poet, he was a he was a, a illustrator, a painter. Um, and, but he wrote So What, the lyrics to So What by Miles Davis. Miles Davis walked off the stage, so what, so what, he wrote that, uh, which was sung by Eddie Jefferson. He wrote about two or three other songs that became jazz classics. And um, I think it just hearing him, he was always doing his his, his artwork in the kitchen, 20, 20 out of 24 hours a day, something like that, and listening to jazz music. And when his song came up, he would turn it up. And that influence, I guess, kind of spilled over into me. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, when I when I became 19, 18, 19, you know, I started kind of pursuing uh, pursuing music, but not really like I did a lot of stuff and met a lot of people and was in the studio a lot, but nothing really serious. It wasn't it wasn't until I quit for almost a decade and got inspired by the characters in the book that i'm writing now for my new book that i'm writing uh called new year's dead um where i have some characters some teenage characters who play in a band kind of like an archie kind of thing who play in a band and one of the songs that they play you know i kind of went back and looked at a song i recorded a long time ago and re recorded it and called a couple of buddies up so i called my buddy who played drums who plays drums right now for puddle the mud to play drums on it he killed the track i mean oh my god and then i called my buddy up who uh who's in a really he played uh moesha's boyfriend in the tv show moesha and a couple other different film stuff he did and he's in a group called onyx which is a legendary iconic hip-hop group from queens and uh him and i used to watch uh true blood together you know the vampire thing yes and uh so i told him you know my characters are vampire ish so he wrote this this you know he wrote this rhyme in in the middle of the of the rock song that is basically talking about you know kind of melding the song is called teenage rock star and it's kind of about how the industry will suck the blood out of teenagers you know the teenage rock stars all they want is for them they want more and more no matter how much they give that's like part of the hook and so Fredro took that whole like how the industry is like vampires and put it into like our experiences watching True Blood into the lyrics and just came out with some phenomenal lyrics. And so the song Teenage Rockstar came out. It's now playing on about over, a little over 300 independent radio stations worldwide, some on the dial, some online and some both, um, as well as it's on a lot of different playlists and stuff like that. And that started me back into the end back into the game. And I and some of my friends started sending me songs. So I've recorded quite a few songs since then. Um, my latest release came out on Thanksgiving weekend and it's called Freak. And it is inspired by Joker, the latest Joker movie. Um, so I'm just really excited now. Music is here. You know, music is back in my life. And I'm recording these alternative uh rock punk post punk. Post grunge type songs that I love. Inspired, I've always been inspired by a lot of the Seattle groups like Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Jimi Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix Experience who came out of Seattle. Just a lot of those groups that came out of that, you know, that era in that in that that city. You know, really inspired me. that that state really inspired me, and uh, that's where my sound comes from, um, with a little bit of Rage Against the Machine and Red Hot Chili Peppers energy, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so yeah. Um, and now I'm working. I'm going to release a new song, but in, in the beginning of the year, which is more hard rock, um, called "On the Rocks," which is also inspired by my my novel. In my novel, the characters on the rocks when they talk about someone being on the rocks, it's really a a, a metaphor for being in hell. So that's a hard rock song that um, that I did a lot of clips for this past weekend, and 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 it's, I'm starting to release on Instagram and other you know. Uh, social networking sites like that. So pretty excited.
2: That's a lot. That's a lot going on. And I love that you're like cross-pollinating there, just doing all these cool things and connecting. It's it's amazing.
3: Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a lot, you know, it, it, it's a lot, but it's 30, 40 years in the making. I'm 57, so yes. 30, 40 years in the making as you, you know, yes. I've always wanted to do that stuff. So it's just a ton of stuff that's finally coming back together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: I- I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what's new on the horizon for you?
3: So, I'm um, working on a couple of projects. Uh, I'm working with an executive uh, uh, producer to turn the award the, uh, mosaic into a TV series. So, we've been, yes. he team. So, we've been, he's bringing me in as a producer as well. So, we've been kind of picking that and getting that, you know, up to par. And we have quite a few people. Um, that is that are attached to it. So now it's just about getting it done, getting you know, getting it um green, you know, getting the green light for it, and and, and get the pilot shot, stuff like that. So I'm working on that. You know, that's a long process, but we're in a different stage of the process. It's not kind of like, you know, where you option the book and you have nothing to do with it. I'm actually we're having meetings with directors, and we have about three or four directors that are attached to it. So we'll see, you know, but that's still a long, long thing. So I'm working on that. I've been working on that for about almost a year now. Um, The same producer, he wants to do a movie on my father. And my father was a part of a group called AJAS. And um, they are responsible. They are the founders of the Black is Beautiful movement. And there was a documentary that I'm in as well that came out last year that's won about seven awards, including the World Can's. Festival um, that got the attention of the the same executive producer. So he wants to do a film on that. So we're kind of getting the treatment done and that, you know, getting that out there. He has a couple of meetings this coming week um, to see if we can get something with that and finishing this book, New Year's Dead. And uh, at the same time, um, trying to finish up this song and get this song out there on the rocks Mm -hmm. uh, on uh, TME Records so yeah that is know,
2: so, so exciting so exciting so happy for you that all of these things are coming to you know fruition for you because like you said it's been years in the making that is it's, and it's obviously because of your all your hard work and dedication
3: thank you thank you so much appreciate
2: yes, it yes exactly it's so so happy for you
0: I love it, man. So you're gonna be busy, like just going through all of that. And I thought I was busy. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's a lot." It's all exciting, though, which I think is amazing. It,
3: it's just kind of like uh, so much on your plate. But I try to do one thing, like today, only today, music, and then to, you know tomorrow, mm-hmm. i writing, writing tomorrow. You know, I try to do one day a thing. It, it can be so overwhelming, and you get nothing done. You know. Yeah,
0: I think it's better to focus on one thing for yeah. that entire day than to try to bounce between 20 things because then none of them are getting done and have your full attention. Right. And you want, you want each thing to be your like focus and as much, you know, attention and the quality in it that you want. Right. So I, right. I love that. I should probably take that advice and do yep. that myself. To definitely it. do that.
3: As you know, life happens. So it doesn't oh Yeah. Happen. True. Uh, kids you got family you know when you jobs you know it happens and it just you know uh you try to you try to do the best you can but you just gotta you really stay focused on the goal i think and that's mm-hmm. what i've been trying to do, so.
0: absolutely well it's definitely paying off for you i went while you were talking about your book because i was like so enthralled in it that i went and bought it because it's my what? book and i I want to know. Yes. Like I told you, I'm, I need a new book anyways. I finished one last night and I was like, I need to know what happens in this because I just was like, holy crap. It was playing as a movie in my mind. And I was like, well, I know what I'm going to be doing this week and I'm going to read that book because I'm thoroughly so, excited about, about it.
3: So. so, what's funny is, do, uh, do you, so they, st- the old publisher still has the book on Amazon and the new publisher has the book on Amazon. And- uh huh. When you bought the book, did it have the uh the brown soaker sticker on it uh, on the cover or it didn't? Because if it didn't, that's the new one,
0: it didn't. Okay, yeah, you got, all right, yeah, it sounds <laughs> like to me the
1: old publisher's not been making their payments to their author,
3: mm-hmm. that's
1: what it sounds like to me.
3: What? <laughs> oh, no, no, actually, my publishers, my old publisher was doing is was the best. I've been with three publishers before and the publisher who first published the War mosaic, they were phenomenal at the payment. I mean, every quarter, I mean, you got a detail. It was, they were, they were really good with it. But yeah, they, they, they made a payment. I don't know why it's not, why both of them are on Amazon, maybe that's what you, I don't know why that's like that, but yeah.
0: No, I'm I'm thoroughly excited to read it. So I'll hopefully I'll have a review for you by the end of the week because I'm ready to dive into it. But I know that we are running out of time, and before I get the stink eye from Russell, you already did that can be rather scary. I know, but I've looked away. Okay, I've looked away. So we're gonna do last last uh, closing out statements questions anything like that. Russell, let's go to you first because you're so jolly. Let's go to you first.
1: Well, he hasn't told the listeners where they can find his books. Yes. So you need to let people know, where can they find you? Where can they find your books?
3: You can go, like a lot of people know me as Ace Antonio Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, go to A, letter A, AntonioHall.com Go there and everything's there. You can find my books. You can uh, find my music, everything's there. Or the very, very today way is just Google my name, N-Z-O-N-D-I. If you Google that, it will actually pop as an author and as a musician and you can find it.
0: Yeah, and that's how I found it. Valerie, what about you? It
3: was a great, great meeting
2: you, sir, today. And I really enjoyed hearing about your, your path to, to all your success and
1: wishing you the best.
3: Get a tiny purse. Yes.
1: I need it. I need it. I bet I get the tiny purse this afternoon first. Okay.
0: <laughs> Take, a photo. Take a photo. Yes, for sure. But Nzani, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning and afternoon to come and hang out with us and talk about your book. and and your music i'm excited to read it and just all of your accomplishments and i'm really excited for the future for you and to see mm-hmm. what's next and what's coming for you so thanks so much for joining us this morning
3: thank you i'm so honored to be with you with you all i appreciate it have a great absolutely
0: week. happy well, holidays <laughs> yes yeah, so you guys we hope you have a fantastic monday a great rest of your week but until next monday which is christmas happy holidays and a merry christmas from all of us but until then bye for now everybody bye